Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. Right now, I'm standing in the abandoned Fox Cabaret in Vancouver with the members of Operators. I'm going to go around in a circle and get you guys to introduce yourselves. I'm Devoika, and I play the analog synthesizers, keyboards, and drum machines. I'm Sam Brown, and I play real drums. I'm Dan, and I sing and play guitar and play some keyboards. Three is a very flexible number for a band. Dan, you've said that. You've said that it makes it easy to make decisions because there can be a voting process, and one person is always the tiebreaker. So let's start with what was the last thing you guys had to vote on? We've never had to have a tiebreaker because we agree on everything. It's true (laughs) so far. We're in a honeymoon phase. I don't really believe you guys. That's okay. You don't have to. That's what Sam said. I, I agree with Sam. I, I feel like Sam and Dan are smart, and so they know to just listen to what I have to say. What she said. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely what she said. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. So you guys have never had any kind of conflict while writing songs or traveling in your van. I've definitely felt like I needed to throw a fit. I, I threw one fit while recording um, just because I really wanted something to be a certain way and uh, and I didn't want it to be a negotiation. I think maybe uh, I think maybe an apt description of the way that the, the political process works in this band is it's a spazocracy. So um, yeah. whoever... Whoever freaks out the most <laughs> generally wins because everybody else, you know, we all get along and everybody else is kind of just like, whoa, okay, uh, this person is really invested in this, so um, we agree. It's more of a support than a submission. It's a, you know, you could, can clearly see the enthusiasm of your bandmate and you want to support them more than a, okay, fine. It's not really an okay, fine. It's a, that's great that you're so excited about that. Let's do that. Yes. Agreed. That sounds adorable. I think that we should play a song by Operators now. And before we play the song, I think you guys should maybe share a group hug. Group hug. No. Why? No, I don't want to. (laughs) Too bad. See, so because it's two against one. Overruled. That sounds not like... Did you just record our first argument? (laughs) I say no, and they say yes. And that's the least feminist statement I hope I ever make in my life. I hope it is, too. I'm going to play Ecstasy in My House, which is your single. So, who would like to say one sentence teasing the listeners about this song? Acid. Acid. That's it. Turn off the lights. Get comfortable. Uh, That's it. Okay. Notice how awesome all of my parts on this song are. I'm walking down the street. It's not real. 
back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard Ecstasy in My House by a band called Operators. I've got all three of them here standing with me before their sound check. I would love it if maybe one of you could talk about writing this song. I was listening to, when we were writing this, I was listening to a lot of uh, Gene Hunt, who's like a sort of like late 80s uh, acid house pioneer guy. And I wanted to, I wanted to basically make something that that had like hi-hats and uh and an arpeggiator and see if I could if I could kind of build an entire progression out of that essentially I was just screwing around in the in the studio trying to make dance music and then Devoika came and basically we figured out a we figured out a part due for it and we kind of we kind of grafted those two things together and then Sam Sam was the glue that held the graft together. I wanted to quickly go through the other projects that you've done because I was sort of focusing on a rebirth with this interview. So I thought maybe we could get the other members of the band to describe your other two projects in a way that a grandma could understand what the music was about. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. You guys Whoa. Just go for it. I'm supposed to explain to my grandmother what Wolfraid sounds like and is like. But she's a cool grandma who listens to NPR and went backstage with Rod Stewart. Okay. Uh, Grandma, this band is badass, and you have to listen to them. Well, Grandma, Wolf Parade uh, is a band that's still really popular in Canada. Divine Fitz played on Letterman, and Letterman really liked them. And Handsome Furs has a really hot chick with great legs in it. Yeah. All right. 
Grandma likes that. Grandma's going to be listening. So, like... (laughs) Grandma likes it. All right, so, like many musicians, I'm going to assume that all of you have done this, so this is a great question for all three of you, but musicians have to work on many projects at once. And I was reading an interview with Dan where he was talking about putting himself... Wait a minute. Do they... Do they have to work on many projects at once, or do they have to just, most of them, just do the one thing that they do for their entire career, which is, like, be in Coldplay or be Tom Waits? Okay, but let's... Because I think, like, I think most musicians of a certain era, meaning prior, like, pre-2000s, kind of just do one thing unless they're jazz guys or, you know, experimental musicians, in which case, like, collaboration is sort of, uh, you know... That that's a thing in those in those circles, like quote unquote serious music. But I think for singer songwriter based stuff, pop music for lack of maybe maybe it's more in hip hop is more collaboration oriented. But I think for like rock music, uh, you know, it's it's usually you just do the one thing. I'll agree with you, but I'll come at you with this. Okay. Last night, <laughs> last night there was a band opening for you called Gang Signs. Yes. The guy that writes most of the music for Gang Signs is actually in two other bands he's in uh he's in humans the mighty humans yeah who are a great band who arlen from wolf parade introduced me to so i would say that some bands of a certain level would have to write many projects to stay in the world of music so i would love to hear from each of you talking about how you would write get yourself into the mindset to write for different projects you'd be involved with at the same time Um, sam's in uh sam's performed in like five different bands and also you played with rjd too too so your drum style is completely like completely different in the turks as as it is to this or with rj yeah i think it's just and other than you know things that you do entirely on your own it really depends on who you're in the room with so i'd love to hear about coming in the room writing some songs for operators a lot of the stuff starts with you know strange arpeggiations and programming and machines and I think that the songwriting in this band is born more out of that sort of uh, tinkering than it is uh, somebody sitting down with a guitar and writing like a chord-based song. So right off the bat, there's a lot of interesting rhythms and stuff to play off of. And so the songs, you know, automatically have this starting point that's uh, pretty unique to this project. So, you know, nobody really comes in with like, hey... I'm going to bang this out on the acoustic guitar for you, and then we'll decide whether we like the melody and stuff, and then we'll figure out, like, instrumentation. It's usually, like, the instrumentation itself is what what the, sor- what the song is born out of, and that's the vibe. So that's different than other bands that I've been in or, you know, other ways of songwriting. Nice. So we talked a bit about songwriting, so let's hear another song. I'm going to play True off EP1, your debut record. So who would like to say... A sentence about this song. This is a song that I don't know what it's about, but I tell everyone it's about sex. Because I think that will sell more. Your mistake, think about it, you better carry on.
Welcome back to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the song True off the record EP1 by a band called Operators. I have all three here answering questions with me. I'm going to pass the mic to Dan to talk a little bit about this song. Devoik is right. It is, it's, about, it's about doing it. All right. I don't want to get too crass, but if truth is about doing it, paint us a picture. What position? I don't know. Whatever you, whatever, whatever the, whatever the mood strikes, you know. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't write this song. You wrote this song. Am I still? Am I still explaining this, this to your grandma, or I'm lost now? She's been backstage with Rod Stewart. She's lived. She's lived. She knows. I. It's a reverse cowgirl. Yeah, absolutely. for sure. I thought that was kind of. A, I thought that was kind of a given. So. I thought it was obvious, actually. It's actually the parenthetical title of the song. Yeah. It's true. Reverse cowgirl. Dan, your dad once told you, don't be a dick before you left to go on tour. Yes. Why would he give you this type of advice? And keep in mind, I do have two people here you're on tour with. Yeah, it was... uh, That is probably the greatest advice I've ever got about being a musician that anyone has ever given me. And in my 10 years of not working a real job and playing music and, and touring. Uh, the one thing that I always come back to that's that's the that's like the, the rock in the shoe, you know? Like it's it's a it's a good life and you have to deal with people constantly and it's a good life. But the the rock in the shoe are the people who are dicks. Like Dave from Japan Droids who gave us a ride up here from our hotel just recently, just right now. And uh, I'm not going to blame us being late on Dave from Japan Droids, but I'm not not going to blame him. <laughs> it was our fault. But he's not a dick, and uh, they're a really popular band. And I think it shows, you know, like when when we've gone to their shows or when Sam and I have been on tour with them with in Australia at the Laneways Festival, everybody remembers them, and they're nice to everybody, and everybody's nice to them back. At least, at least Dave is. At least Dave is. I'm just talking about Dave right now. Brian's a totally Brian. different story. Brian's, Brian's, yeah. Well, let's not talk about Brian, yeah, though. We won't talk about Brian. I know. I'll ask another question so we can get off that uncomfortable yeah. topic. So, operators... I was really comfortable talking about that. It was the most comfortable I've, I've been so far. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I thought that I would play an older track, considering you guys only have an EP, so I was going to pick one of Dan's, but we can pick one of your guys' older tracks, too. Why don't you guys put it to a famous vote? What older track of yours would you like to hear a little bit of in this show? Sam, can we play an older track of yours? An older track from one of our... From what song have you selected? We have selected Flag and a Ride by Divine Fitz, uh, which is... That would mark the first time Sam and I were in a room together. Yeah. Britt... Uh, Britt came in with this this kind of loping bass line. Britt uh, is the lead singer of a band called Spoon, Britt Daniel. And Sam and I are in a band called Divine Fits with him where uh, Britt and I share vocal duties. And the first song we ever wrote together was Flag and a Ride. And that was the first time I really heard Sam play drums. And he was doing all sorts of weird stuff to his drum kit. Like he taped his, I think you taped your wallet to it. Uh, and I was like, what is this guy? Like, what, what is happening? Why, why is this guy messing with his drum kit? And then we started playing, and I realized he was... He had basically made the drum kit sound exactly like a drum machine. And it was, it was amazing. I had never seen anybody do that. And the song just gelled right away. And uh, that's when I knew I was going to steal Sam <laughs> away from Divine Fits. The end. I know you see me just like you. 
to a Define Fitz track, I would love to get Sam to say a sentence or two about it. About this song? This is the first song that we all worked on together. I went home with a voice memo recording of the practice and played it for my wife and for my friends, and everybody was really excited about it. Um, I have some friends that are fans of Spoon and, you know, fans of dance bands. Um, and it was it was a really exciting time to start that band with Dan and Britt. And that song kind of encapsulates that feeling that I had. I still have the voice memo. Operators, Dan, you once said that starting over is beautiful, so I'd love you guys to talk about the beauty of starting over. Who doesn't like starting over, right? You, you get a fresh start. You get, to, you get a clean slate. But at the same time, you, you have to, you know, in art or music or writing or comedy or whatever, you've got you to prove yourself. Again, you're not... It's not like... You know, your band has been around for 20 years and you can sell out an auditorium and be like, and now space jazz for two and a half hours and then we play the one song everyone knows and walk off stage. It's like you have to start low and you have to connect with everybody on a very personal level. And that's that's not easy to do. And That sounds a little scary, not necessarily beautiful. I, I think it's beautiful because it's, cha- it's a challenge to your to your ability as, a, as an entertainer and a performer. It keeps you humble. It reminds you of why you did it in the first place. I mean, you can get to a certain point where you're playing 3,500 cap rooms, 6,000 cap rooms, and it's very difficult not to turn into a automaton where you go out and you do the same show every night. You know, you do the same things and you're disconnected from the audience. And it's, it's hard to get back to that point where you're in a 200 capacity room and the person in the front row is literally two and a half feet away from you. You know, and you have to look them in the eyes and you can hear them talking because it's small. So you have to engage them. And I think that's important. I think we just watched this Louis C.K. special where he's just going to say that where he sample of it is Louis so C.K. We, yeah. <laughs> we recently played in New York uh, at Terminal 5, which is a venue I've played at a number of times with pretty much every band I've been in, except for Divine Fits. We were opening for Future Islands. Uh, and the same week, Louis C.K. was doing these huge shows at Madison Square Garden. He 
concurrently to that, uh, recorded a pretty raw, off-the-cuff live set at uh, the Comedy Cellar. Comedy Store. Comedy Store in L.A. And it's amazing to go from watching his old HBO specials where he's commanding a room, commanding this theater, and it's, you know, his craft, and it's very, very crafted to this. He's just in this tiny room with these people who are, like, right up in his face, and he's talking about uh, rat sex in, like, the subway. And, he, and, and it's just... It's a, it's a testament to this guy's ability as an entertainer to be able to work both rooms, you know? And he, and he burns the house down once a year. I mean, he just does his set, and then he writes in a completely new hour of material and makes himself, you know... He doesn't go out and, like, Jerry Seinfeld and just do the greatest hits or, like, George Carlin. Like, yeah. he literally writes, you know, an hour of comedy a year, and, you know, does the special, and then, you know, burns it and moves on. And that that is one exciting thing about doing something new. Like, with our shows half of our material the audience hasn't even heard recorded yet so and we're in the we're at the point where we're still you know really excited about the songs because they're new to us and they haven't become this like autopilot thing for us so we're excited to be hearing the songs while we're playing them and we're excited that there's there's people that are right there experiencing it with us and you know that's i think that's the most exciting thing about doing something new is that everybody's kind of involved in the newness of it together it's a really nice feeling the beauty of starting again is is possibility and the room for imagination that it creates and the refusal to succumb to complacency you know it's just putting the best version of yourself out nice operators thank you very much for talking with me today it's the end of the show i'm gonna leave us with start again by operators off eb1 Ah, that's where that was going Ah i think this song out of all of our songs encapsulates the the uh, writing process of this band. So Sam brought a bass line, which is the bass line you hear at the beginning of the song. I wrote a vocal melody for it in the practice space. Devoika wrote the entire uh, bridge sequence, and then we all kind of tightened up the arrangement and laid a bunch of stuff over top of it. Nice. So start again by Operators off the EP1. Guys, thank you very much for being on my show. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Maybe you thought this love was-